0: Welcome to the Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 79. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are in the world, I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. So firstly, before I start telling you about the amazing duo of guests that we have for this week's episode, I just want to apologize for the lack of episodes over the last couple of weeks simply just due to technical issues we've got that all nailed out now so everything should be back to normal i just want to say a big shout out thanks to the technical guys at apple for being a huge and amazing help for me getting things back on track so now that i've said that now that i've made that apology let's get back to the show So this week we have got two amazing guys, two local people to me, Andrew and Pete. Now, Andrew and Pete are the fun content marketing duo who help businesses and brands create insanely shareable content through their YouTube channel, podcast, and membership community. Winners of the Digital and Social Media Company of the Year Award, and also Business Personality of the Year Award as well. As the authors of two hit books, The Hippocampus and The Content Mavericks, they regularly keynote international conferences and have been featured on sites such as Inc., Huffington Post, Social Media Examiner, Conference and Convert, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and Kim Gost. You can find out more about them on www.andrewandpete.com. So it gives me no further ado just to say, hi guys, welcome to the show.
1: Woohoo! Thank you so much for having us.
0: (laughs) It's been a long time. It's been a long time in the planning. This. It's been
1: so long. I feel like that's our fault. I feel like we dropped the ball. So so over yeah. (laughs) Well, I'd
0: I'd love to be able to just say, "Yeah, actually, you're right. It is your fault." But that would be that would be unprofessional of me.
2: So, (laughs) so guys, we were sat here waiting for the request, Uh the invitation. We (laughs) are. If only if only. (laughs)
0: If only my fame was that true. If only my fame was that true. Okay, so guys, tell us, because I love your content. I've loved it for a while. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what brought you to this point today?
2: Yeah, sure. So we first met at university. We randomly got placed in the same halls of residence together uh, over in Lancaster University. Ten years ago now to this. This year? This year, yeah. So in a few months, it'll be like a 10-year anniversary September. of meeting each other. Oh. oh wow. <laughs> and that's when the bromance started, of course. And um, we bonded um, over our ambition to kind of one day run our own business and rule the world, you know, of course. Um, but there was a problem, the princess, which was Andrew's girlfriend, Vicky. And she she went to uni in Newcastle so after university Andrew wanted to go live with her and thankfully they're still together so it was totally worth it <laughs> but I, I took that brave decision to you know move to Newcastle uh with them and be the third wheel uh-huh. um which is tough <laughs> so we we moved to Newcastle for, who? for me or you oh, no. <laughs> yeah I don't know who that was harder for mm. um, <laughs> Probably her,
1: actually. I like the (laughs) fact that you're questioning that. Like, proves it was me.
2: (laughs) Hey, you were privileged to have me. (laughs) Anyway, um, so we moved to Newcastle, and we wanted to start our business after uni, but of course, after university, you know, you're in a lot of debt, you have no money. Uh, We didn't have a job. Andrew's literally never had a job in his life. Can you believe that? Mm -hmm. Um, We had no money. We had no... Business contacts, I I did personally, didn't know anyone. Um, So it was really hard to build a business, right? Because most people, uh, they come out of a company and they start up their own business and they've got experience and they've got contacts and they've got a history. Mm -hmm. We had none of that, we had literally nothing. So we started building our business by going networking, uh, by using Twitter, by blogging. And over the years, we've kind of just kept on improving that. And what we learned very quickly was that doing the same as everyone else was never going to work. So we looked about when we came out of uni, we're trying to set up this business, right? Jeff, we looked about 13. (laughs) I kid you not. And nobody trusts a 13-year-old kid that can tell them how to market their business. Let me tell you that. So we found it extremely hard to um, get get customers, right? And and we'd try to look professional and we'd wear suits and we'd have amazing stock photography on our website and none of it worked. It did nothing for us. Our blogs did nothing for us because it was all completely blasé, bland, and it was this facade that we were putting up. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it was making us unhappy, Right. But when we went networking, people really loved us and got on with us because we were, we were ourselves. And we, we, when we went networking, we quickly got bored of the usual networking spiel. Mm-hmm. We started taking chocolate. We started taking party poppers. Um, we dressed up as zombies once. We took an indoor firework networking. <laughs> and people started to remember us. And we started to have a lot more fun. And because of this, we created such a talking point that we completely locked out all of the opposition, all of the competition, and people wanted to work with us. Okay, because we looked like someone that was doing well and having fun. And that's what they wanted at the end of the day. So we grew our business with that, and we quickly took that model, that mm. fun element of being ourselves, and we applied that to our content marketing efforts, our blogs, and our videos, and our Twitters, and our Facebook, and all that. And immediately, we saw the impact and immediately we started to get what we call fans and Mm -hmm. we started to get more subscribers and more sales and more loyalty and more speaking gigs and more everything and I think that's our most powerful message to people basically Mm -hmm. you know be yourself be different have more fun and it will pay back in its rewards Mm -hmm. and that's how we've managed to grow our business to where we're at now yeah,
0: there's, there's a load of interesting things there. One, be yourself because it's yeah. that authentic that authenticity. I know it's a buzzword that bounces around mm. um, all the time, but it is that authenticity, isn't it? Where you can yeah. be yourself. There's there's less barriers when you're yourself because then you're not trying to pretend to be something different. And then there's that okay. there's that when you're having fun out of something because there's there there is no doubt you have fun. I mean, when you when you see your videos, when you're seeing the content, whether it's your podcast or whatever it was done, I mean, you even had fun doing a GPDR. You know, yeah, that's yeah. the one. You know, when you, when you can make that engaging and you're looking at it and going, there is something that draws that towards, because of all the content you're watching, it's like, yeah, okay, there's something that's really interesting. What What... There's, that, there's the barriers and there's the confidence to break through that. What do you think broke that com- or broke that barrier for you to allow to have that confidence to, to create
2: that engaging? You know what it was? It was because we were bored of our own stuff. Mm-hmm. And if we're bored of our own stuff, how the hell is anyone else supposed to enjoy it? So what we quickly realized from the networking was that people did enjoy that, that fun element, element that we brought. Now, I'm not saying that everyone should just be fun and crazy. Like that's just our brand. But the key, the key thing to take away is that we're we're different, and you can be different in other ways. You could be the most analytical person. You could be the person that goes to the greatest lengths to do something. You could be the person that provides the the uh, the most emotional content or the quickest content or you know whatever. We're we're the guys that add a little bit of fun, and because of that. People love it, and you know, at first we were very afraid to do that because we—it was almost like um, we we're trying to put up this facade of looking professional, like all the other marketing companies. Mm-hmm. And that—that that comes from a lack of confidence, right? Because we came straight out of uni; we didn't really have any experience. I don't like... know if it was confidence or like ignorance. Oh, like, maybe, I think yeah. a lot
1: of people, when they're starting up, they see other people that have come before them. And they think that's how you do it, right? Because they've got nothing else to kind of judge it on. So they're like, right, that's how so-and-so has done it. That's how I'm going to do it. And as soon as we weren't getting the, it's attention. That's what you need with content, with networking, whatever it is, it's attention, right? People only have a finite amount of memory. So whenever we're doing anything, whether it's speaking at an event, whether it's creating a piece of content, whether it's going networking, like our goal is to be the one that everyone's going to remember when they leave, right? Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. and because when we were networking, that was kind of obvious, right? Because you've got 30 people in a room. You can all stand up and say your 30 seconds. Your success is based on how many people are going to remember your 30 seconds when everyone gets back to the office. Yeah. So it was it was easy in that sense, because True. like right, we need to be remembered. If we're we're going to be speaking to thirty people, <laughs> and as soon as we started applying that principle to our online content, we kind of we had test we had proved it works already through networking. So it wasn't necessarily True. scary anymore. We kind of built up the confidence networking to do that when you at work and when you kind of people resonated with it. We also knew that people didn't resonate with it and didn't like it. And there was a few people that just didn't get us, didn't get the humor, whatever it was. But being okay with that as well, that takes a little bit of time. And it it is a bit – it's not like a lot of marketers say you kind of have to split the room. You have to be Marmite. But it hurts,
2: you know? If like, if somebody, like, doesn't like you or if somebody said something, like, bad it's, about you... Yeah, if it's they say, like, like, you're cheesy or daft or silly or not serious, or I, I could never work with you, It's it hurts. It does sting. Like, you will still get the
1: emails, the social media messages. It's usually emails, to be fair. Yeah. Like... People, are, people are mean on email. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: that, that accountability of uh, yeah. Yeah, people yeah. seeing it in, in the open on social. But you just have to kind of... Realize it's a sign of something's working. Yeah, because if you are getting people that hate you, you probably are getting people that love you as well. Um, so, for every one message that we're getting that says, like, hey, you guys are like cheesy, like, what the hell, uh, unsubscribe me, it's like, unsubscribe yourself, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll get a hundred or a thousand positive messages and positive signals. Yeah. You know? So, we do know we're not just trying to get people to hate us. We're not trying to get people to hate us, but we are trying to get the right people to love us. And by doing that, that necessi- that 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 means that some people aren't going to resonate. Yeah.
1: And do you know what it does as well? Right. By having that perspective, it means we absolutely love our customers. Right. Yeah. So when people actually go past like just commenting on social to actually buy him from us or joining Atomic or booking us out for a one-to-one. Like we have never had a customer that didn't like us because they're filtering themselves out that we didn't like, I mean, because yeah. they filter themselves out yeah, so and we, we get on, on so side. much better with them.
0: Yeah, yeah and, it's, and, and, and it even increases the, and the element of fun when you're working with your clients, which even increases the more worth... Yeah. When, yes, you're, exactly. when you're when you you're doing it as well, isn't it? Because you've got more yeah. emotional buy-in from both from each other yes. when you're with, with that deepened relationship.
2: With the with you mentioned before the GDPR video, um, which is you know a funny take on GDPR, but we explain GDPR simply. But Andrew um, has just broken out of prison; is in like a fake prison outfit. It's quite humorous, but we do get across the serious. You know all the details you need but um it's funny because we get comments like hey guys i've just spent a ton of money on this five hour gdpr workshop i watched this video and i've learned more in your five minute video than that whole workshop (laughs) and it's because it's more entertaining and the you know they're gonna actually pay attention and take away from it what they need rather than being bored to death
0: Yes but you, and it's this thing that you talked about it's this thing when you you start out a new model what everyone else is doing. you know, I was no different when I started my business is you know what what is expected of a therapist or a coach when they first started and is well, everyone is supposed to show up like this and everyone is supposed to call themselves like this, and it takes you know and, and I very quickly realized that if this is what a coach or a therapist is supposed to do, I'm not going to enjoy. A big part of what I do, but, and I'm actually doing it because I want to help other people. So I need to change how I do this. And it took, it took me longer than I cared to admit, breaking past that bit and getting the confidence to be able to go, no, I'm me. And I have to have the confidence to be me and just, and if people don't like me, so be it. And I recently did a talk, Kick Mediocrity in the Nuts, I called it. Um, and the amount of people i did one call kick mediocrity in the nuts and another one called shit happens on the road to success all true you know because it's it's true but it was amazing how many people sent me messages going i think that's terrible that you said that And i went tell me if it's not true or tell me if you would you know if you want to stay in a mediocre life then that's fine or if you if everything happens great on your road to success does it and they go, no. And I go, well then that's fine. And as you say, it's a filter. It lets people sort of go through that and going, I, I I get enjoyment out of working with people who want to make big shifts. You get enjoyment from, you know, having fun in what you do and making people create great, rememberable content. So it's, you know, if people and but that has for me it's got it's that win-win. You know, if it's if you're just doing the same old, same old, which unfortunately a lot of either coaches do and probably a lot of marketers do as well, it's like, oh, for God's sake, man! It's just the same old stuff. There's nothing new, you know. And it's so. Let's go into that a little bit more. How is there any guidelines that you could help um, the listeners to help them start looking at creating more engaging content?
1: Well, I th- I think the first kind of test is, are you enjoying creating it? Oh, that's a good so one. I feel like you need to. <laughs> Are
2: you having fun, Jeff?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, but that's but that's a really good, interesting one because there is an awful lot of people that will like. I love podcasting, and yeah. but I really do struggle with blogging because I'm dyslexic, and it's in uh, as much. So there's a there's a there's a question that I'll ask on the back end of this once I've done that, and is if you're enjoying it, you're right. It's it it's it's easier in one way. But mm-hmm. if to um, so carry on with what you're saying, because I'm interested in hearing what you're saying about this.
1: Yeah. So yeah, you have to enjoy actually creating that process, and you kind of have to want to almost look forward to the process of creating content. The second thing I would say is that it sounds a little bit airy fairy, but it honestly works. And we, whenever we're working with any clients, we get them to nail down three standout brand values. Right. So these are three things that makes them unique in their industry, right? Or a way of how they, and it's how they want to be perceived when they're not in the room. That's kind of the key here. Now, when we start doing this with clients, what a lot of them will use as these three standout words are words like great quality service, or I'm professional, or I speak plain English. And we say, no, you can't have those, right? They're important, but they're not standout. So we actually drill down into three ways that they are actually unique, right? And right. then your content has to, this is very much kind of basic top level stuff, but like your content has to be those
2: things, right? So when people often, like how would you describe us, Jeff? Yeah. If you um, describe fun, us describe our content in three words, what would it be?
0: Fun, passionate, and caring, uh, if I was going to give it.
2: Okay, yeah, that's
1: similar, awesome. right? So these aren't necessarily public facing, but it's just internal guidelines. So our three brand values for ourselves are rule breakers. So that incorporates like kind of the fun element. We don't want to the be doing what the creative, side. we don't want to be doing what everyone else is doing. Um, best friends. So we want people to feel like, yeah, we have a great friendship, but also,
2: that people feel kind of involved in the friendship with us and they can kind of have fun with us. Yeah, like we care about you, you care about us. We're, we're almost friends, right, with everyone.
1: Yeah, and the third one is inspire action. So although we're going to have fun and although it's gonna you're going to be entertained, you are actually going to learn something by the end of watching this video and going to be able to go and do something, Yeah. right? So like... we have those three brand values like in our heads and it has to be three, right? If you have more than three, we used to have five, And I can't even remember what the other two were because you always forget, right? So it has to be three. And then you've got something to kind of measure yourself against. Now this should be, those three brand values need to run across everything, not just your content. But when it comes to content creation, it's thinking, right, how do I make this blog more rule Mm -hmm. breaker-ish? How do I get
2: this blog to inspire more action? Even, Even this podcast interview, okay, how many of your guests Introduced when you say hello, welcome, blah, de blah, guest. How many of them say, woohoo, like that? Yeah, no, no,
0: absolutely. None of yeah them,
2: right? No. So immediately, no. you've got the, the fact that we are distinctively different mm-hmm. and we are having fun already. So that's our first brand value. Um, the second brand value, we told you our story and how we're best friends and how the bromance started. Mm-hmm. Now you know that. Okay. Now you also know that we like to inspire action. We could have said, Hey Jeff, if you want to know how to create great content, join Atomic. Our membership site it teaches you all the ways of how to do that. Um, but instead, we're on this podcast, and we're given, and we're given, and yeah. given. And we want to help you. We want to inspire them to actually make a difference.
1: Yeah, and they have to come easy as well to you. So, like those three things, it's not stuff we have to think about. Like, right? How how are we making this fun? Or how are we making this more? Um, yeah, it be natural. Yeah, because we've got kind of a personal brand it is kind of like a conglomeration of both our personalities coming across in the content.
2: Yeah. Like, I'm the badass, and he's the best <laughs> friend. i <I'm just>
1: <laughs> No,
0: that's, that's really, so, so right. So, so you've talked about the, the, those sort of things. So do you have, cause this is something that always intrigues me. You've got, you've got the thing, you've got to enjoy what you do. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, whether I naturally do it and I do a good job, that's the that's another thing. But so I naturally enjoy doing the podcasting. Um, some would say I've got a face for radio, but you don't have to comment on that one. Um, but <laughs> uh, do you have to do everything? Do so? Everything do you have to do
2: content-wise?
0: Yeah. So do you have to do blogging? Do you have to do oh, video? No.
2: Right. No, okay. short answer definitely not. <laughs> right. Okay, in okay, fact, okay. So, when we talk about creating engaging content, one of the main factors in that is having um, what we call a content stamp. Okay, so every single business advisor mm-hmm. since the dawn of time has always said one thing to every single business, and that's that you must have a USP for your business, which, of course, everyone knows. A USP stands for a unique, sexy Pete. Yes, um, absolutely. Absolutely. A, a I've got a USP. Uh-huh. Did you have a USP?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, we're well, just kidding. It Pete, is, for... Pete is single, by the way. <laughs> case hey, In case that was a serious question. Oh.
0: <laughs> um for p dating hey, please go shit, to
2: <laughs> <laughs> then, okay okay i'll, I'll get back on chat um, a unique selling point right which is the one thing that differentiates your business hey you should check out this business because it does this and it's really cool right fantastic well people forget is they also need that for their content mm-hmm. right how can i spread the message of your content now if you're doing five different things if you have a podcast a blog uh, a video channel uh, you do facebook lives and all of them are blase because you don't have enough time to put into doing one thing really well you're too spread out it's hard to spread that message right oh you should check out um jeff's uh, podcast and blog and video and um um yeah. And, and, and Especially so
1: when you have no audience. Like when people are starting, they literally have no audience. They think, right, I should be doing everything to build an audience. It just does not work like that. It's like pick one thing, do it really well from a content point of view. Yes, we can be using like social channels or email marketing or SEO or, or whatever to drive traffic to that piece of content. But just have one, we call it like a primary rich piece of content. So it should be a piece of content that is primary. So what we mean by primary is that it's not necessarily, well, it's not, it's not sales content, right? It's either there to make people feel happier or smarter, right? But It's also rich. So it's not just like an Instagram post. It is a video. It's, it's either usually a video, it's a blog, or it's a podcast. Something, like me- make, something meaty. Something meaty, yeah. yeah? But just pick one and nail it rather than trying to be doing everything.
0: Because I think that's a lot of times is when I'm, when I'm when I'm speaking at events or when I'm speaking at, with with people for the first time, the first one of the first challenges you get to is I don't know which what I'm supposed to be doing. And even though that's not my purview, that's one of the first business challenges they have as mm-hmm. they go, I'm getting overwhelmed with what I need to focus on. And it always comes down, I've been told that I've got to create all of this stuff. And I should be doing Facebook lives and they've never done a video before or whatever. And it's, and I think is, is that because they get so overwhelmed with that, they're like that deer in headlamps and they don't do anything. So they get so frightened. And it's, it's nice to hear from someone that has the the confidence to do that sort of stuff. And later on down the line, when they get more confident, yes, or okay, they can add to that thought, that sort of stuff. But yeah. to be able to just go, okay, let's just focus on one way of doing it, and then, and I suppose everyone has a stronger way of doing it at the beginning, yeah. And yeah. then yes. they can just build onto that, can't they?
2: Yeah, yeah. So like the fastest growing channels or brands or accounts or content or what, like Whatever. The role, the role. It's all the same, right? You start off doing one thing really well,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then. once once they've kind of built a team and got more resources in place, they can do more and they can quickly transfer all those people over. Yeah. Like, for example, Shonduras, he, he created the most incredible Snapchats when Snapchat came out. Now, you can't find anyone on Snapchat. He grew his Snapchat audience by word of mouth and takeovers. But predominantly, it was just, have you seen this guy's Snapchat stories? They're amazing. He didn't do anything else. And then, because he got so many followers on Snapchat, one day he could go, hey, follow me on YouTube. And all of a sudden overnight, he's got a million YouTube subscribers, right? If he'd have had a Snapchat account and YouTube channel and maybe another thing, and he'd done them at 90%, or even 50% as good as what mm-hmm. he was doing his Snapchat stories, he would not have grown the audience as fast as he did. No. And it's the same. We've seen this same pattern repeat Yeah, like a thousand times over. And because none of us have a lot
1: of time, like time is the biggest barrier to
2: marketing.
1: But yeah, everyone's trying to do everything. Yeah. And you just don't have the time to do anything well. So do something really good with the time that you've got. Yeah, but you do have to prioritize it. So a lot of people say, I don't have time, and then they don't do anything. Like, that frustrates the hell out of us. Like, when people just procrastinate over doing stuff, it's like, oh, come on, guys. You've got time to create a video a week or a podcast a week. Everyone can make time to do one thing well.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah? you agree. I hear that excuse all the time, and it does my head in. Because yeah. it's like, you can go, well, hang on, so hang on, you couldn't do that, but you sat and watched four episodes of Designated Survivor during the week. <laughs> How does that work? You know, yeah. So, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I know. I'm with you on that one. Completely. And you know what?
1: We don't work nights either. We no. work, like, nine to five, and we're not, like, slaving ourselves over no. this content. It's just scheduled, it's processed, and it's habitual now yeah
0: well okay so the last question is is um the processes how important because i keep drilling this into my clients and i talk about this all the time how important has the and uh, you know systemizing and processing the um stuff been to you and your productivity
1: like we put it like the processes in the organization is like the number one reason that we think we've been successful to be honest because we've we've always taken it so, seriously, and we've always made sure that things have got done that we've wanted to get done, right? Yeah. And the best way to do it is just be stupidly anal with your time management. And we, there's loads and loads and loads of different tools out there. Personally, we use spreadsheets, so we use Google Sheets because we can both have uh, the same spreadsheet open and we know exactly when everything's getting done. We know exactly how long it takes for our content marketing strategy to happen every single week. And it's in there. And for us, we've bulked it into one day. So every single Tuesday for us from 9am till 3pm is our content marketing strategy day. And we get every single thing done done on that Tuesday, schedule rocking. Obviously, you need to go and like reply to your Twitter notifications every day, et cetera, et cetera, but like the bulky stuff, the video stuff, the scheduling, mm-hmm. the editing, all of that stuff, every single Tuesday, just one day a week, right? You've got another four days to go and procrastinate yeah. your ass okay. off, do whatever you want. One day a week, dedicate it to your freaking marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Brilliant, guys. Okay, so we will dive to the second part of the show where I get a chance to put you both on the hot seat to ask you a set of questions that I ask every guest on the... Yeah, breaking the mould, breaking the mould. Okay, the first question is, um, how much time a week do you spend on self-development?
2: Self-development? Not enough, probably. You know what? (laughs) In In the first five years of our business, we were obsessed with this. Mm-hmm. um and what we realized was like get to a point where you kind of know enough mm-hmm. and you just need to stop learning because it's very distracting and it gives you a lot of shiny objects and just start doing yeah so yeah maybe Andrew is kind of right there and kind of not because at the beginning we read all the marketing books there was we, we read yeah. all all the blogs there were we attended a ton of conferences.
1: Yeah, Um, and do you know what we do now? We do the conferences. That's how we kind of self-develop. We take time. We go to Social Media Marketing World every single year, and we're doing like two or three UK conferences as well. And we're just getting out. And it's not it's self-development, yeah, because we're learning, but it's also giving us that space to think of new ideas, right? mm -hmm. So even if we're sat in a session and we know everything that the speaker is telling us. It's like having that time to actually think about how we can be applying that to our business, yeah. and just talking to other people in your um, industry. Yeah. Yeah. Like if going to like find the best industry events in whatever industry you're in, go and talk to people. That's how we do self development. Yep. We're in masterminds. Yeah, we're um, in
2: mastermind groups as well. I was going to say that, which is yeah. kind of like a kind of form of self development. Yeah. Because I think oftentimes... Okay, we do more than, thoughts, than actually. Yeah. <laughs> rather, rather than like... If you were, right, let's say, for example, you want to learn about um, content marketing or you want to learn about how to write a book, right? You could spend hours and hours trying to research online, all that stuff. Or you could just go and ask your most trusted person who's already done that. Yes. And we do that a lot. We actually just pay for like, we either pay or if we're friends with them, we just ask them. like Just ask the leading people like, hey, like, how do you do this? We want to do it. Like, we, we've even just done that. Like, we've been cheeky. Like, when we were younger, we've just literally like asked like the most respectable person we know on that topic. How do you do this? Because you're nailing it. And so, a lot of the time, they're happy to just give away the time for free and just tell you that is so invaluable yeah and yeah. it's very efficient absolutely yeah but, but and
0: that and that's the thing is is self-development isn't always about just reading copious amounts of books yeah self-development yeah. is about thinking smart and with that with that um constraint of time yeah and going I mean for me yeah. is the most valuable amount of time is either going to seminars like you know or conferences or whatever or my mastermind group. So yeah. it's it's or you know or listening to books when I'm out in the car more than sitting and spending 3 hours reading a book or whatever. Yeah. So it just you know yeah. it just which to be honest I don't really do. I I will spend listening to stuff rather than reading. So I think it's about using it and you guys are so right. You can there's not much point classing just sitting reading books and not doing anything with the knowledge. Yeah. as <laughs> development because you're just going through the trap. Of self development, you're not developing, you're you're consuming without taking action. So I feel
1: like, yeah, our self development comes from actioning, getting frustrated, and then learning how to do something.
0: Which is the best way to learn, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I want to do this. How do you do it? Oh, it's not working. Yeah. Okay. Let's figure that out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, And that's that. I mean, this is my third attempt at doing a podcast and um, most of them right. didn't last after three episodes. So I'm I'm doing better, 79. So I'm right. getting there, I'm getting I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm getting there. But I, I much prefer to cock up through doing than look conceptualizing through Ooh. you know just sitting there with a a mind map and trying yeah. to do stuff. That's exactly. just that's just the way I do it. Okay, next one. I'm to, which is a great question to ask you guys. So I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> what is your favorite personal development book and why?
1: Oh god. We are <laughs> books. we are so bad at reading books. Honestly, so bad at reading books. Well, All right, what, 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 for, really for you get... guys,
0: for you guys, maybe not a book. Well, what's the best um course you've been on over what 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 benefit did you get of going to the lake? Did you not just you've just been to San Diego, haven't you?
1: Yeah. What are we classing self-development as even just um like marketing books Medi- so marketing.
0: or Mar- marketing anything that allows you to grow. So even meditation is self-development.
2: Right. Okay. So, Ooh. wow. Okay. This that opens bored. it up now, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I think one of the books that made a huge difference for us was um, the Purple Cow by Seth Godin. Yeah, it's a classic. Which just really yeah. spilt it out to us that we're in a very saturated world, mm-hmm. and if you're just being average, then you're going to get ignored and left yeah. behind. Permission marketing by Seth Godin. I
1: yeah. taught us all the basics of well basics and more than basics yeah. of content marketing and getting people to opt in and like building an audience rather than just selling to them so they're oh great ones social media marketing world yeah san diego is like our business holiday okay question number three is what's your favorite app
2: app
1: or oh, i'm gonna pick up my yeah. app there.
2: facebook messenger
1: Okay. You know what? We've just got one, actually. Where this is our second day of using it. Okay. And you heard A new app. A new app. And, and, yeah. and yeah. it's blown my mind in day one. Agora Pulse. Do you use it? Have you heard of it? I've
0: never heard of
1: it. Oh, my God. Right. It's That's the best. Amazing. So it's social. It does, like, so much. I can't even, like, describe concisely what it does. But it's a social <laughs> media app. And it consolidates all your social media inboxes. Into one place to kind of manage it all, and you can right. like tick them off, and it does it in reverse chronological order as well if you want. All so right. we we absolutely love Twitter. Twitter is our favorite one, but it annoys me when I go into my notifications. I'm seeing who talked to me most recently first, where I I don't want to do that. I want to scroll to the last person that I haven't replied to yet. So it does that, but it also brings in YouTube, it brings in Instagram, it brings in Facebook.
2: You can publish. From there as well. Oh yeah, you can yeah, yeah. do social listening on it. You can schedule you, from yes. there. You can even create categories, so it replaces it replaces um, any social listening tools that you might have. Mm-hmm. It replaces well, yeah. um, things like Meet Edgar or the, kind of the schedulers, uh, the schedulers like um, Smart Key or Recappers. But um, like it can, you know, it it's an all in one tool. Oh, yeah be mind yeah okay
0: cool okay excellent question number four is what's yeah. your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you
2: oh Uh oh, um
1: because this recently what did we say what did we say our biggest business mistake not being on this podcast sooner
2: yeah <laughs> oh no i know
0: good, good answer good answer
2: yeah that's good <laughs>
1: We made some mistakes. I'm trying to
2: think of like a big one. I know what the biggest one was. Um, It was not getting focused soon enough. Okay. Um, So we were very much exactly the opposite of what we said before. We were on all the platforms trying to do all the things. Okay. um, And be everything to everyone. Okay. And so like our biggest advice or our biggest mistake was to not focus down on what we were offering people. what we were talking about and where we were talking about
1: it. I would also say not jumping on video sooner. So we can. I don't know why it took us so long, but it was was the obvious choice for us. And I wish we had jumped on sooner.
2: Yeah, true, true. Okay,
0: okay. Next question is, what are your challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them?
2: Hmm. I think for us, we love what we do so much. Um, we want to um, we want to go faster further mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah and there's always been that frustration. we've always had this frustration that we're not where we want to be, right And we've probably had this for a good few years where we were like we were looking up to all these other people in our industry and thinking God our audience isn't as big as them or they're making more money than us or whatever and whatever. But we were achieving all these amazing things, right And it was like, I can't remember what the breaking point was, but there was a point where we thought, you know what? We have just done something. I can't even remember what it was, and we're not even celebrating it. Where like a year ago, if we had just done that, like we would have been over the moon, and all of a sudden it's not important anymore. So we started creating what we call our victory boards. So we've got a few in our office now. So rather than having vision boards, what we want to get to, we started documenting every single win that we had, right? Exactly. So we can look at them and think, you know what? We're, we're doing okay. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah, are doing all right. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: I know um, I, 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 in my journal I record all my successes because that's one thing that not enough people do. Yes. Um, and it's something that you should – I know someone who I know has an ego record book, so <laughs> he calls it an ego record, mm-hmm. but it's just for him. It's not for anyone else. Okay. Um. And I do remember, and I can't remember if it was Jack Canfield or um, Mark Victor Hansen. But when you go into his office, his full wall has got all of his uh, re- uh, awards and everything on it, and it's yeah. um, it's almost like an um, like an ego wall where he can yeah. celebrate all of his things because you yeah. just sometimes you just don't stop for a second and go. Actually, do you know what I've done all that because it's easy to look at your competition or your friends or whatever it is and go, yeah, but they're doing this cause the grass is always greener on the other side, but you don't yeah. stop for a second and just go, yeah, but look at actually what I've done.
2: Yeah. yeah and I think it's a really important message because the more, the more success we have and the closer we get to those people who we thought were amazing and who we looked up to, the more we realize that, Hey, we're doing better than them or Hey, like their life isn't as great as what it we thought it was. And you know, I've been beating myself up for the last four years, wanting to be them. Yep. And yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. nothing yeah. like what we thought. Yeah. And I think this is really important because, yeah. um, a lot of people are beating themselves up and getting down mm-hmm. about, you know, they're not they're not where they want to be. They're not getting the success fast enough. They're not uh, where that person is, and that can make you feel really down and depressed. But it's not. It's about realizing that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And actually, look back at what you've done. You're probably doing really impressive stuff. And the people around you admire you and love you to bits. Mm-hmm. And yet the only person that doesn't is yourself. Yeah.
0: No, totally. Totally agree. With you.
2: Yeah. That's a, a tough thing to overcome, but you can <laughs> do tough. it once you realize that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And stop thinking that just because life looks great on Facebook. Mm means that life is great for those other people because yeah. <laughs> exactly. it is a very different world when you pull the veil from social media and you actually see what's on the inside yeah. so it's you, i think you people have got to be so careful with what and actually part of that is is i don't think people have a clear definition of what success means to them which mm-hmm. i'm gonna I'm going to ask you that question in a second. So be prepared. Oh, God. Okay. Question number six is (laughs) what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out?
1: Don't follow, don't think that you have to do it exactly the same way as everyone else has done it previously. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the hard, that's the easiest way to just blend in is just try to be what everyone else is in your industry.
2: Yeah, that's so true.
1: No one said that to us when we started and i wish they did
2: <laughs> yeah
0: take fireworks to network events yeah
1: no one no <laughs> one gave us that bit of advice <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. okay question question number 7 is what is your definition of success
1: it's a tough one and i feel like there's different levels of success for different areas of your life yeah i think okay. if you're happy and you can sleep at night then that's pretty successful. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: would you know agree what? with you I on think, that one. Like, I think if you if you've got time to like appreciate and, and enjoy things, that's that you know that's amazing. Like we, what we do, we love what we do. We love everyone that we help, and then when we go home, we can do the things that we love to do, and then, you know that's really important. But I think what's also important for you happiness and success is kind of making sure you keep on improving yeah like self-improvement is a big thing for me and and andrew and if you're not improving all the time then i feel like if i stop improving myself yeah then i, I kind of feel like i'm getting into a rut
1: and it's a weird
2: one because to
1: have that need for self-improvement you almost have to not feel successful in a certain area to want to change it yeah so it's part think, of growth isn't it yeah yeah so it's it's almost like you need to appreciate what you are successful at and then realize what you're not successful at is just part of the journey and yeah. being happy with that
2: but like if you if you want to take that from a point of view of like where do we want to be like what does success look like how do we think we've made it as it were mm-hmm. That in itself is another ballgame because, yeah, <laughs> like if you'd have asked us that a few years ago, we would have said, Oh, I by having a membership site and by being on um, all these podcasts and, and winning these awards,
1: yeah, and speaking yet, at
2: these events, speaking at these events, and yet what we've far surpassed them now, and now mm. we, we don't even like, like we were saying before, like we, we do appreciate it, but you have to make sure you appreciate it because yeah. otherwise, it's very easy to go. Okay, I don't really care about that anymore. I've been there. I've done that. What's the next thing? Uh-huh. And then I'm beating myself up about that. Yeah. So, like, success to us looks like you're content and you're happy and proud of what you've achieved. Um, but, yeah, like, we want to grow our YouTube channel. We want to grow our membership. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to have more fun and um, be on TV one day. We That'd missed awesome. our gap
1: year, right? So, we came right out of university and went right into self-employment. So we just wanna be able to travel
2: the world. Mm -hmm. On speaking tours.
0: On the speaking tour. You do a speaking to travel the world on the speaking tour. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like we don't want to
1: have to pay to travel. Yeah, Yeah, that's what we want to be paid to travel the world.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why not? That's a good target, man. That's a goal. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Next question is is, do you have any morning routines that help you get prepped for the day?
1: Uh, Yes, so we both have... Should we run through ours quickly? So I get up. First thing I do is chug a pint of water Uh and brush my teeth. I think it was John Lee Dumas that said about the teeth thing. And it sounds really weird, but it really does work. Like, as soon as you brush your teeth, it just completely de-zombifies me. And it's like promoting good oral hygiene, which is always good. (laughs) Then exercise, healthy breakfast. I try to meditate after the healthy breakfast. No, shower after that, and then meditate. I really struggled with meditation. Pete's much better at that than me, <laughs> um, so that usually gets skipped. If I'm being completely honest, but yeah, I'll, I'll do. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I pick up my good friend Pete and come to work.
2: Um, okay, so for me, um, I have a one of those wake up alarm lights, which produces like a natural glow to wake me up slowly um over a period of half an hour and then I'll wake up <laughs> I leave my phone in the other room overnight so the first thing I want to do in the morning is check my phone so that makes me get up um I'll get up i have a, um I've got different routine depending on <laughs> if I'm exercising oh, wow. that day how long is this podcast, Jack? Like, yeah. We're going, we're it's going the for the Le Mans
0: stuff. version. So it's all right. It's 24 it's hours. All, it's all
2: the usual stuff. <laughs> I think what's really important, though, is having um, a little 15-minute window to just do nothing calmly or do whatever you want, right? So whether that's having a cup of green tea or whether that's meditating or whether that's just sitting on and playing on Facebook for a little bit, just a little bit of calm time before um, carrying on the day. But I think what's really important is knowing what you're doing for that day so you can gear up for it. And the work starts the, the day before. Mm-hmm. Like, So we know exactly what we're doing tomorrow, the day before. Yes. Also, um, um,
1: Judge Judy in the morning is amazing. <laughs> like you will feel better about yourself straight away because there are some stupid people on that show. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I love my Judge Judy Fix. Judge Judy basically takes up fifty percent of my Skybox because <laughs> it's mm-hmm. on so much. I don't know if you know this about Judge Judy. It's on like ten times a day on when we're at work, <laughs> so they're stored up ready. <laughs> I know.
0: I know that when when I was when I was ill and I was um, I was housebound for like three uh, it was about four years. Um, I ended up watching Jeremy Kyle, and I realised oh, no. that actually. When, when I was ill, and Ooh. even now I was housebound, I still had absolutely nothing to worry about at all <laughs> when I was watching Jeremy Kyle.
2: I still, yeah, felt, I still felt extremely lucky. So need. I was
0: like, right, okay, I'm fine, love. I'll just keep on going. I'll be fine. I've got nothing <laughs> to worry about. <laughs> okay. okay, the final question, the life lesson question. Pick a number between 1 and 50, and whatever that lands on is a topic or final conversational point. 17. 17. Embrace your natural gifts.
2: Oh, there we go. That's more like that.
0: Okay. So embracing your natural gifts was one of the things that um, I realized coming out of my illness was that for the majority of my um, early years in my career, I was doing everything that everyone else was saying I should do and not mm-hmm. necessarily the things that I was good at. And it wasn't until I started doing the things that I was good at, which ended up being talking to people, ironically, um, that actually I started really enjoying what I did. And also it came a lot easier. So, i.e. not writing stuff, but talking to people, i.e. the podcast or becoming a coach and those sort of things. And I think sometimes you've, you've really got to stop for a second and just look at what you are naturally good at. And trying to make sure that you are putting as much of that as you can into your day-to-day activities. And I wonder yes. what you thought about that.
1: Yeah, completely. Like mm-hmm. do what you enjoy and what you're good at. And some of the other stuff that you're not so good at, yeah, you might have to do it um at first. But like they should be the first tasks to go to somebody else.
2: Yeah, yeah? exactly.
1: So I um I'm quite mathematical. I've got quite a like a pragmatic brain. So I'm completely in charge of money and tax and doing our tax returns and all that malarkey. And I'd done it for the first couple of years. But it just made me completely miserable. Like I didn't enjoy doing it, even though I could do it. So that was one of the first things to go like, right, we're getting an accountant next year. As soon as we can afford an accountant, we're getting one and we're not doing this.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. I've always been really good at um, graphic design. Mm-hmm. So a massive advantage for our business is that we've been able to do a lot of graphic design for free. So we look really good online and we've yeah. been able to curate our own appearance the way we want it to, mm-hmm. not articulate it to a graphic designer f- for them to get it wrong, um, which has been helpful for us. Another major, major thing here is, especially if you've got any like younger listeners, Um, we used our youth to our advantage, Mm -hmm. right? So because we're younger than, like, 30, people (laughs) automatically assume we know every tech question in the world. (laughs) So when we were networking, people just presume Mm. we know what's wrong with their laptop that's suddenly broke, or we know how to use their phone that we don't have. Uh, You know about Facebook, don't
1: you? You know
2: what, you're young, you must know about
1: Facebook, right? I don't Uh, know if that would work as well in 2018 as it did in 2012,
0: but yeah. Ironically, Ironically, the same thing happened to me back in 1996 when all (laughs) of a sudden it was, oh, hang on, you know how to use Word. We're going to put you in charge of our full Unix networking system and our phone systems, and it was like, (laughs) what? So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. The next thing you you go from, hang on, I know what Control-C means. And then the next thing (laughs) you know is it's all of a sudden you're in charge of a whole computer system. Yeah, I'm with (laughs) you. So as you were saying, Pete.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, no, that's a perfect example, right? Because people expect us to know about social media because we're young. Mm -hmm. So we did more social media advice and Mm -hmm. people ate it up and came to us for it right we we were all of a sudden more trusted than the forty plus year old marketer in the room mm-hmm. right and that that was a a first for us because you know if you if you're gonna hire a marketing consultant, are you gonna hire the guy that looks more experienced or the guy that looks twelve about twelve yeah. years old
1: yeah. even yeah. though he's
2: not he's about eighteen or twenty
1: but <laughs> twenty one twenty
2: one there we yeah um <laughs> And all of a sudden, we were able to flip that um, to our advantage, which was great.
1: Yeah,
0: no, and sometimes the opposite is said for people who wanted to see people from, from a therapeutic point of view. They don't want to see someone who looks like they've just left school and have got no life experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They so, want like, your s-
2: perfect advertising strategy is to look as old and experienced uh, yeah. as possible. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, like an old white beard and look <laughs> like some like Fumar Chu job or something. By way. Yeah. Uh, Get in the sun away. Cheeky cat. Right, okay. <laughs> All right, guys. So, now, now that you've insulted me for the final time, um, so how can people find out more about your amazing content? your show, all of that sort of stuff. The floor is yours for oh, people thank to, you. to find out more about you.
1: Our favorite platform is YouTube. So we would love it if you could go and subscribe to us. You can go to andrewandpete.tv or just search Andrew and Pete in YouTube and you will find our channel. Twitter is also our favorite one. So at Andrew and Pete on Twitter, say hello. But we're on everything as Andrew and Pete. Facebook, Instagram, website is Andrew and Pete dot com. If you want to drop us an email, whistle at andrewpete.com. We're very friendly. Say hello and we'll talk back. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, guys. As as I expected, it has been a bag loads of fun. Um, thank you very much for taking the time, and I wish you the greatest success.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, thank Thanks you, for Jeff. Us, thank Jeff. you. It's been really fun. Thank you.
0: Cheers, guys. So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know that you're out there listening and it's great to have the emails that I get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show. That's really nice. Really does help me make the show even better. If you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. You could also join us on the Facebook page, just search for Success IQ Podcast, and that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and of course, iTunes. And if you have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that i'm really looking for so just to say i hope you have a fantastic week i wish you the greatest success and i look forward to speaking to you next week take care